Hello and welcome to episode three of the Engineering Judgment Podcast. I'm Kyle and we're going to talk about the hot new technology today, foldable screens. And I'm not talking about windows. A uh, quick side note before we begin here. In the show notes, I've included links to the topics I'll be covering so you can take a look at the material for yourself. It will be in the show notes. There may also be a link to the new uh, website, so that way you can you know, click on the show notes tab and just look over everything I have there. Also, just check out any news about the show. So, uh, anyways, it seems that there are a number of companies that I've just recently seen that have foldable screens or displays on the horizon, which is kind of surprising to me. You know, I'd heard some rumors a couple years back you know, about this foldable phone technology at the time. And I saw a demo from a tech convention, and it actually, now that I think about it, it was a television screen that was flexible, and the people at the booth were able to roll it up while it was working, and, you know, it was a real, you know, attention gatherer there at the show. I can't seem to remember what the show was, but I do remember that the people at that particular booth were very clear that it wasn't ready for production. It was, you know, a proof of concept, just kind of, you know, generate hype, basically, and it did, you know, it was very, uh, very talked about at the time, and, you know, I'm not very involved in the tech news arena at the moment, or I haven't been, you know, over the past several years since then, but the only other time I had heard of folding screens was the original rumor from Samsung about their folding phone. Um, it, this article right here was from November 9th, 2016, and it basically shows what looks like a normal smartphone that you'd see today, but it folds portrait-like, you know, so like a uh, like a stenographer's notebook instead of like a regular book, and, um, you know, that's just like basically a patent, and they had some pictures in there, and I caught some headline article but articles about it, but that was it, and that was really the last time that I'd heard about, you know, flexible screens for quite some time. And I'd always thought it was a neat concept and, you know, I would like to see them, maybe use one myself, but that it would be, you know, quite a while for the technology to really mature enough for consumers to get a hold of it. And now suddenly I see headline just day after day uh, from a bunch of different companies that have release dates set, like in the near future for products using foldable displays. So that's really uh, exciting for me because I can really see the appeal of having a foldable screen. You know, you can use the folded version like you would a normal smartphone that you carry around your pocket right now, but you can unfold it when you want to, you know, surf the internet, watch videos, you know, read articles, you know, with larger font or, you know, just really have a more computer-like, you know, experience that's portable, you know, more portable than a laptop or a tablet anyways. And, um, you know, it just really makes these more of, multi-purpose devices. You know, there are still some hurdles, you know, that the company is going to have to overcome, like protective cases and battery life. You know, cases are going to have to be able to flex with the phone somehow, but still provide the level of protection that we want because these are pricey, uh, pricey phones. And personally, I think that the larger screens will probably drain the batteries faster, although that's just speculation on my part. I don't actually have any um, sources on the matter, but let's move on to our, our first, you know, real, you know, product here, the Galaxy Fold. I think this is the most notable example of the folding display recently. I've got the, the site pulled up here, the official Samsung page for it still up. 
interestingly enough. Uh, you know, this folding phone, it has a 4.6-inch screen on the outside and a flexible 7.3-inch screen on the inside. And even though it costs a whopping $2,000 USD, basically, you know, it made me realize that folding screens were really actually coming to consumers, you know, like soon, like way sooner than I'd actually expected. And I imagine that you've heard of this because it's really been the topic of a multitude of articles. You know, the full demo release has been covered in almost every angle from groundbreaking to disaster. Uh, definitely trending from groundbreaking to disaster as time went along. And they've now, I believe, they even started canceling orders for the phone. So technically, I don't think you can pre-order it yet. They're going to try to work out some of the kinks. Um, personally, while I think they could have probably done a little bit more extensive, uh, you know, pre-release testing to prevent what seems like extremely premature screen failures or making it so some users didn't mistake actually part of the screen for a like a film covering and actually peel their screen up and ruin it. I've seen that once or twice. I still, in spite of all that, I think this is a solid start for the folding screen technology. You know, there will always be hiccups and unexpected issues with new technology, especially when it's in the, the first wave of devices that try to use it. You know, as an engineer myself, I have personal experience that no matter how hard and extensively you test something that's new, you're going to have problems. Um, there will be unexpected issues. You know, without fail, you will have issues. It's nearly unavoidable. You just have to, you know, take those issues and turn them, you know, into really invaluable lessons and iterate over and over until you have a product that's reliable. And, you know, even as a large company, Samsung is really no different. They're going to have problems with new products. Just hopefully they, you know, will be able to use more resources to perform some pre-release testing that eliminates what I would call critical design oversights, you know, before consumers or even, you know, the pre-release crowd get a hold of those devices. It does seem like they missed a few of those this time, but, you know, not really, you know, on the inside of that whole, you know, product life cycle. So who knows, they may have actually picked out what would be considered critical design, uh, you know, failures. And this is just what was left over that they actually didn't catch. And, you know, still, I'm excited to see the next iteration of the Fold Phone now that they have some, you know, actual real-world feedback. You know, I hope they continue to really push that envelope and, you know, in turn bring the cost down so more people can experience this technology. You know, in reality, Samsung, I believe, has produced some solid phones over the past several years, and surely they'll be able to bring a real solid entry to the foldable display side of things in the nearest future once they you know, get some of these, you know, early hiccups out of the way. But overall, I think this pre-release probably, you know, not very successful. However, I think that it is a good start. And, you know, I can't wait to see what they do with the next one. Um, in the same vein as that, we have the Huawei Mate X. Um, you know, it is 2600 USD. It has an 8-inch flexible screen only on the outside of the device. We're definitely starting to get into the small tablet screen size range, I feel, at 8-inch. Uh, when unfolded, it has sort of a ledge on one side, similar to how some of the higher-end e-readers that you can pick up. Um, I believe the Kindle Oasis maybe has that feature. I'm not sure, but 
that little ledge on the side really provides a nice handle for you to hold on to those devices so they don't really get away from you. Um, I'm really, you know, there's been a lot of news over Huawei recently, and I'm really unsure of how the recent ban and, you know, other issues that the company's having will affect this phone. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this whole situation plays out. I don't really know what it, you know, means for, you know, this company and this device, but we'll just, we'll just have to revisit this, you know, if, if, and when it comes back up. So on that note, it's a throwback time. Motorola Razor. I know. Who thought they would come back? I have seen an article. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. It is Motorola announcing a flexible display razor. You know, I remember when the original line of flip razors were extremely popular, like everyone had one. And I even carried one for quite a while after I crushed my, you know, ancient Sony Ericsson slider leaning over the fender of my truck one day. And it says here in an Engadget review that um, Motorola confirms that they've actually been working on this for a while now, and we will see it released in the near future, potentially around the 1500 USD mark, which while still expensive, is you know lower than the other uh, devices we've seen. Although I'm looking at a picture now, it looks about the same form factor as the old razors. So, you know, like two inches across, no eight inch screen on this thing. Very much a, you know, a stretched out portrait device because it, uh, it folds, you know, like a stenographer's notebook again and not like a regular book. So it's going to have a really kind of funky aspect ratio, I feel. But, you know, I may have to see some more pictures than just this single one that I'm looking at to really make a, you know, a judgment on that. You know, it just, it's really reminiscent of the old razors. But like I said, the entire side, inside is screen. Um, let's see. I would imagine that when you unfold this, this uh, concept that I'm looking at, you'll actually have a screen size that's similar to what, you know, like the flagship phones right now already have. So really, the benefit will be that you could, you know, have that current screen size, but at a more pocket-friendly um, you know, just envelope at around half the size, roughly a little thicker when it's folded up. So I think that's going to be interesting to see, especially because it seems like we may even get to see it, you know, this year. So that would be nice, you know, just see another solid contender. Hopefully it doesn't have, you know, crease issues on the display or any other of the, you know, rough patches that Samsung ran across. So I, you know, I'm, Happy to see that come out, too. Just all across the board, pretty happy with this display. Whoa! Easy there, autoplay ad. Thanks a lot for that. Um, and on that note, this, uh, this different website that I just pulled up here and had the wonderful ad play, it is an ad for, or not an ad, it is an article over the LG Rollable TV. It was unveiled at CES 2019, and this looks pretty interesting. It is a 65-inch 4K OLED display that rolls up into what, you know, looks like a standard soundbar form factor. You know, really impressive, you know, to see like this big screen rise out of this little box. They have a little video at the link I uh, provided in the show notes. Watch out, there is autoplay ads on it, as you're well aware now. Uh, pricing is not released at this point, 
but I fully expect it to be in the premium or enthusiast range just based on, you know, the polish and just how new this technology is. Um, let's see. The short video. Oh, yeah, right here. The short video I'm watching here, it shows that you can have the screen fully out to watch like a television, which shouldn't be all that surprising for a television. The other factor shows it extended about a quarter of the way and used to show a small animation while music is playing. You know, kind of a neat concept, although probably unnecessary. I don't think it would matter to me if I was playing music in the full screen format. Although I guess it would stick out less if you were to have it playing in the background while you were entertaining or something. Uh, you know, just to kind of minimize distractions, I guess. I do certainly like the concept, though, because you'll be able to have a large screen experience for shows and movies. But even... You know, when it's just off, you don't just have this big blank screen. You know, you can retract it into, you know, this soundbar-looking device. And really, the screen won't be taking up your visual space when you're not using it. And, you know, as long as the mechanical portions turn out to be reliable, because with this device, you are going to have, you know, motors or something of some sort that has to actually physically and mechanically bring the screen up and down, as long as those are reliable... You know, you really could get the best of both worlds with something like this. Very interesting. Hopefully, we see some more releases in that space as well. Moving on to yet another, um, like, product line. Uh, Lenovo has a foldable screen laptop now in the ThinkPad X1 family. It has the nice, you know, matte black form factor. I don't really see any dimensions or weights on this article that I have here in front of me. Uh, personally, this in interests me a great deal because it you know, kind of fur further blurs the line between the traditional laptop and a tablet. You know, Lenovo states that this is a full-fledged computer, so I expect it to be able to run at acceptable levels for you know, business productivity, maybe some gaming. You know, at first, looking at this picture, because it truly is just two screens and it closes like a book, you know, no keys. It's unlike a laptop, you know, I've ever seen. You know, I was really worried about the typing experience because I expect screen typing to be poor, if not unacceptable for really, you know, performing real work, like I would say. However, this product page here says that you, and I quote, set up the stand and use its mechanical keyboard to type out a few work emails, end quote. So this alleviates some of my concern about typing but it kind of raises another question for me. Do I have to carry this stand with me everywhere I go? You know, I don't see any image of it here on the product page in front of me, and it's really going to disappoint me if it doesn't somehow latch onto the laptop because that would take away a lot of the convenience of the standard laptop that I like, you know, because now who needs to carry something else around with them when they're trying to work remotely? Nobody. That's who. I'll just draw the line right now. I mean, otherwise, I could see myself basically only using this as a real computer when it's like docked at a desk where I leave that keyboard. And any other time, it would basically be a tablet that kind of folds in on itself. Not really sure the benefits. Uh, you know, I guess built-in cover, I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, it's, it's kind of a neat concept, I guess, but not really a reason that would prompt me to buy one. I mean, speaking of buying one, I've not really seen what price they're planning on putting on this new ThinkPad. They don't really go into that. It says, uh, stay tuned for full product details and availability in 2020. 
we can't wait to show you more. So hopefully they will, you know, release that in the first quarter so we can really get, you know, a better, you know, better idea of what this is going to be all about. Again, I do expect it to command a premium price because, you know, it's kind of at the leading edge of, you know, the commercial products at the current moment. And you really just have to pay that premium tax if you want the latest and greatest things, you know, until those manufacturing methods really, you know, are optimized and allow cheaper production. So hopefully that will happen sooner rather than later. They have a nice little video on here. Uh, hopefully I can mute it. There we go. And it shows not a lot of what I would consider real world usage. It's definitely like a, you know, a highlight reel, like, oh, look, this thing bends in half. I, it may not even be, you know, a real laptop. It may be all just animated. I'm not really sure, but it's not very in-depth at all, but it's still something so you can get the idea of how it works. So the, the Lenovo site will be in the show notes. And, um, oh, I've also just seen uh, Microsoft's idea of a folding screen laptop. You know, it's a prototype of their new Surface device that they've reportedly been working on for around two years now, it says here. It's unlike kind of the previous things I've talked about so far because it's actually two separate screens that are separated by a hinge. Uh, but I've included it anyway because it kind of looks cool. Uh, this Surface looks like an actual book, you know, much similar to the Lenovo uh, laptop, you know, just with covers, no pages in the middle. Uh, the hinge, it has a very interesting design. It looks like it will allow the halves to close almost, you know, flush and parallel with one another without leaving a noticeable gap at one end. It looks like, you know, to me it'll be able to do this because the hinges are not set up like normal door hinges, you know, where the leaves overlap. Um, really, there's like this separate piece that you put in between the two leaves and it's, you know, pinned to both outer leaves and so it appears to me that it will be able to fold parallel with one another and hopefully um, you know hopefully have a nice look when it's folded I know some people don't like the little gap that some of the new foldable devices you know are starting to show off but that's just really down to personal preference I think I don't really care either way as long as you know the hinge is strong enough and it's not a weak point but you know I don't really have a lot of information on this device. I'm actually looking at a single article for this one. So, um, you know, not, not really that informed on it. And it also says here, I'm just reading this as I go, that it will be one of the first Windows Lite devices if Microsoft proceeds to launch the device. It's basically a lightweight version of Windows optimized for dual screen devices and Chromebook competitors. Interesting. Windows Lite. Not sure how I feel about a more stripped down version of Windows, but I guess we will also see how that, you know, plays out. Oh, goodness. Man, I can just see the future now. I'll pull my phone out of my pocket and unfold it like an old ro road map, you know, just unfurl it into the wind. Just hopefully I have a better, you know, luck folding it back up than those old maps. And then if I really need to do some serious you know, work, I'll just grab my CompuScroll 9000 out of my backpack and, you know, pull that bad boy down like a projector screen to read the daily news. You know, just scrolls making a comeback. I'm calling it now. You know, next five years, back to scroll technology. <laughs> but really, in all seriousness, 
I can actually see some really interesting ideas coming out and a really bright, flexible future ahead. You know, personally, I think that this screen technology will advance to a level where we don't have to worry about them failing or having creases along the bend lines, you know, soon enough because you just have to give, you know, the company's time, you know, the R&D department's time to, you know, get the first, you know, what I would call the enthusiast branch out. And then once they, you know, have those out, they will start refining, you know, each big jump is normally followed by a few smaller refining steps and hopefully we'll see those and, you know, it'll bring some just more benefits and a little bit, you know, more polish to the space. And also, this is just personal speculation, but I think that once the screens get flexible enough, you know, we could use that technology on not only on the flexible to screen devices, but others to maybe resist cracking better than our current screens. You know, a little, a little flex deflection, you know, goes a long way in terms of reducing the amount of stress caused by an impact. So maybe that extra flex that the screens will be able to do will absorb some of that shock when the phone is dropped, you know, and really relieve some of, you know, the concern about protective cases being difficult, you know, to design for folded phones or even just, you know, reduce the likelihood that we actually need cases on any of our phones, you know, because really that's what I've always been worried about is the screen cracking. Not really anything else on the last several uh, phones that I've owned. I've just been worried about the screen. And so if that, what I consider the most problem area, you know, gets a little, you know, more robust, you know, I think that would just be, you know, a great benefit to us all. But again, that's just personal speculation. And so we'll just have to see what happens, you know, but I hope it does anyway. And um, I guess regardless of how that turns out, I'd like to also thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Engineering Judgment Podcast. Please leave feedback on this show as well as what you would like to see in the future. You can reach me on Twitter at ENGRJudgment or by email at engineeringjudgmentshow at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.